Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. Well, a key court ruling in Colorado has cleared the way for the sale of the Denver Broncos. So now Broncos president and CEO Joe Ellis can lead the process to sell the team And this will be one of the biggest stories in sports business to watch as that franchise has so many things going for it. A strong location, a rabid fan base, a rich history, and the price tag for the Denver Broncos could approach $4 billion, which would be a record. So this is your Morning Buzzcast for Wednesday, January 12th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody is doing well on this Wednesday. Well, the final numbers are in for the college football playoff title game, and they are, they're fine. They are up from last year, but they also mark the second lowest viewership average since the college football playoff started. Georgia's win over Alabama averaged 22.6 million viewers. Now that was across ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, and our Austin Carp noted that number is up 21% from last year's all-time low of 18.7 million viewers. That was for Alabama's win over Ohio State. Remember, Alabama led, I think, 35-17 at halftime for that game. It was a blowout. But back to this year, if you take out last year's record low, Georgia's win on Monday is the least-watched college football title game since 2005, back when ABC averaged 21 million viewers for USC's big win over Oklahoma in the BCS title game, which was the Orange Bowl. So we got to go back quite a ways. Remember when Georgia and Alabama last played in 2018? That was an overtime game. That averaged 28.4 million viewers. Just a few years later, their rematch averages 22.6 million viewers. But when it comes to the bigger picture of bowl games, the story is a good one. When you combine the CFP title game with the New Year's Day games, I think they're the the big six bowl games, that lineup, those numbers, those seven games are up pretty big from 2020. And it's not just the big games. The 31 non-New Year's Day games perform very well, up 12% from last season. So the bowl games showed real strength this year. That's good news, of course, for ESPN. It's good news for the bowl game organizers. And it's maybe one reason why leaders of the college football playoffs can't decide about expanding that four-team field because they are worried about the impact on all the other bowl games. So definitely a story to watch. Staying with the college football playoffs, staying with Georgia, let's just say it. Fans spent big money over the last two days. Georgia has become the top-selling college football national champion yet 
for Fanatics in less than 24 hours since the team's win over Alabama on Monday night. Georgia fans have already bought more championship merchandise on Fanatics than the previous record holder, which was Alabama last year, and that was over a 30-day period. Georgia fans bought more in one day. Atlanta was the top-selling market for Georgia merchandise, followed by Washington, D.C., Augusta, Savannah, and Jacksonville. So very strong sales for Georgia merchandise and a very strong hot market for fanatics around the dogs. Let's shift away from college news. Tom Brady. Tom Brady takes another major step in growing his brand today as he launches his new apparel line today called the Brady Brand, which is available exclusively through its website, that's bradybrand.com, and through Nordstrom's. So what is the Brady Brand? Well, it's a collection of about 145 clothes items, uh, athleisure, it's office casual style. Uh, the Brady Brand is definitely different from, say, the Greg Norman collection or the Jordan Brand. It's not intended to be worn on the course or on the court, not yet at least. Many items have the Brady name prominently on them. So the line launches today, like I said, another step in the development of the Tom Brady brand. Brady is partnered with well-known fashion designer Jens Greed on the apparel line, and you can find out more on Brady Brand. Let's shift to baseball. We mentioned earlier on the Buzzcast this week, Major League Baseball and the Players Association plan to hold a bargaining session set for tomorrow, Thursday. It would be the first time the two sides have met since the league locked out the players on December 2nd, so more than a month. Now, Major League Baseball reportedly requested this meeting They plan to make a proposal that will touch on some of the economic issues and some of the competitive issues that have the two sides in disagreement. We know the talks have been slow. So the fact that they are meeting here tomorrow on January 13th is a good sign. Now we can hope, we can hope for some negotiation momentum as we near spring training. Also, look for Major League Baseball to complete a new deal in the financial services and banking category, which is traditionally one of the largest categories in sports sponsorship. An industry source told R. Terry Lefton that MLB has already completed a new sponsorship deal in this category. The source said it is bigger and more extensive than baseball's previous deal with Bank of America, and the deal will be announced before the season, whenever the season begins. Now, this comes as Bank of America, which has been a major corporate sponsor of baseball since 2004, has decided not to renew its league-wide deal. So that was a big partnership. And so much has changed in the financial services category that it's not surprising that B of A moved on. But Bank of America will continue as a sponsor of some of the marquee teams. They're a sponsor of the Red Sox, the Astros, uh, the Dodgers, uh, the Yankees, Cardinals, and Giants. So they have some great teams, some major markets. So Bank of America keeps their team rights, but Major League Baseball will be announcing a new national deal sometime before the start of the season. And let's end around people. NBC's Michelle Tafoya will work her final game as a sideline reporter for NBC Sports.
Hurts at the Super Bowl in February. Tafoya said she will be exploring opportunities outside of NFL sideline reporting. She has been with NBC Sports since 2011. Shifting to baseball, Minnesota Twins Chief Business Officer Laura Day. She will step away from her role at the end of 2022 at the end of the calendar year after almost 30 years with the team. Laura Day has been with the Twins for 27 years. She is truly one of the good people in sports business, a tremendous leader and mentor. She's always paying it forward, very well regarded in sports business circles, and has had a great run at the Minnesota Twins, which is always seen as a top club in business operations. So congratulations to Laura Day, for her great work. And the WNBA named Coley Edison as the league's first ever chief growth officer. She will start on January 31st. She will report directly to Commissioner Kathy Engelbert. Now, why do you know Coley Edison? Well, first, she was an SBJ game changer in 2021. She served as the Pro Bowlers Association's first CEO. She was also the chief customer officer of Bolero Corporation, which of course is the large owner and operator of bowling centers. I think they have more than 300 locations in North America. Edison has been around Bolero for some time. She joined the company as vice president of marketing in 2013, had been promoted ever since. Again, she was a game changer in 2021, and now she goes to the WNBA. She'll be based in the league's New York office, and like I said, report directly to Kathy Engelbert. So congratulations to Coley Edison becoming the WNBA's first ever chief growth officer. And we'll end the buzzcast on a sad note. Our thoughts are with the family and friends of veteran golf journalist Tim Rosaforte, who died yesterday in Florida after a brief battle with Alzheimer's disease. He was 66. He retired in, I think, 2019. He had a great career. He was one of the top golf journalists that I followed. He could cover on the course competition. He could write about sports business. He wrote for Sports Illustrated. He wrote for Golf Digest. He wrote for Golf Channel. He was on the Golf Channel. What a great writer on golf and the business of golf. He just died too young from such an awful disease. That one, when I read that yesterday, that was a real gut punch. The sports business, the golf business will miss Tim. He was one of the best and our thoughts and prayers are with his family. So that is your morning buzzcast. Don't forget nominations for the 2022 Sports Business Awards will close next Tuesday, January 18th. The awards are important. They really, really recognize excellence and innovation within your organizations. To learn more and submit an entry, visit our website or let me know. But remember, the deadline is Tuesday, January 18th. So that is your morning buzzcast for Wednesday, January 12th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody has a great day. Please stay healthy, be good to each other, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.